From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Reflected, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk games and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are player motivations and copying others. So if everyone is ready, let's start. We're back in the building. Yes. We almost couldn't make this recording session happen. Yeah, actually. It's kind of ridiculous. It is 9.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty late. Um, So listeners may know, we've talked about this in the past, that we generally record two episodes on a recording session. Yep. And we often get dinner in between Mm -hmm. because we're pals and we like to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, Other reasons, but those are the main ones. And we went out to get some food down the block. And then we come back and the building is locked. Yeah. We can't get in with our key fobs. And it was like a little bit of a panic moment because it wasn't just that it wasn't working. It's that it was like dead. Yeah. Mm. And from where we're sitting, tomorrow is the 4th of July. Yep. So it seemed like, okay, can we get kind of building management? What can we do? And there was a whole comedy of errors about it where we were sitting holding our to-go food as the rain clouds were building. Yeah. It was looking rough. With all our stuff (laughs) trapped here in the office. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah. So we're good now. Thank goodness. Um, We're in here. But we're we're maybe a little, little loopy. Yeah, it's fine. A bit, a bit. Just a smidge. It's late, and there's some leftover adrenaline. Yeah, and we're recovering from Origins. Hey. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transition. Um, Not really transition. It's still meta. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Not Steven. Yes, we took, we, we, uh, I, I went with the LaCroix, um, Mark and Dale, uh, to, the to, to Origins, and we took, you know, we took their car, their electric vehicle. Did you talk about that on the show yet? We, yeah, I think we talked in a couple episodes, we talked about our plans, mm-hmm. um, and the, ro- we were a road trip to Ohio. Oh, I meant like, have you talked about your car on the show? Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because mm-hmm. um, the the scheme is that I get a year of free charging on this network, yeah. so I got to take all the road trips possible. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, more effective because like a thirteen hour road trip is not a good. You just get a plane ticket, ex- unless it's free, and it was essentially free for us to get yeah. there. Right. Yeah. So yep. it really made it worth it. Yeah. Um, but it was rough. We didn't get in till two in the morning. Yeah. Um, which is like we knew it was going to be after midnight, but I was hoping we might be able to squeeze in a little earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was otherwise good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we had a good uh, time. With, with three of us uh, uh, changing shifts, it wasn't that rough. Dale and I, and I've described this before, uh, when we uh, did our road trip to California. Um, that's probably when I talked about the car. Yeah. Um, it was just the two of us, and it was a three-day trip. Yeah. And so that was a lot rougher on the both of us. Yeah. But this one, I mean, other than it being later than we'd hoped to get in, it went pretty well. Yeah, the car drives smooth, too. Yeah. So that's nice about it. Um, it's so futuristic, y'all. It's so cool. <laughs> I sometimes expect you to like when you drive away, like you get in your car and I expect it to take off, not yeah. just drive. Right. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or just blink out of existence and then you're It does gone. have kind of a retro future vibe mm-hmm. with the aesthetic of the car. Yeah. It's that um, that is like my aesthetic, future aesthetic. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like I like that look. Yeah. No, I like it. Like, um anyway, enough about yeah. the car. <laughs> enough about the car, yeah. So we got we got to Origins, yes. Origins Game Fair. Um it's I guess of the two big conventions it's the smaller of the two gen con is bigger mm. but origins is has more days yeah and from what i've read it's a little bit more like publishery pitch designer designer pitch to publisher friendly mm. because it's a little bit less intense mm. and that definitely bore out i mean I, we've hmm. been to gen i've been to gen con once before with yeah. you steven yeah. years ago yeah um and that is definitely like a lot of people in a huge space you know filled up pretty nice origins right. didn't seem as yeah, it seemed much more cozy, comfortable, but mm-hmm. still pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is uh, 
borne out partly because it's it, it they spread it out over more days. People will buy like a day pass or whatever. Yeah. And so they still get a lot of people. It's just a little bit more maybe reasonably <laughs> like based. Right. Um. I don't know. But, yeah. No. But it also I, is a little bit smaller. That's how I would describe it too. Um. I think I don't remember if Gen Con had like a. It probably does have like a board game library where people could just check out games. And I guess at the time I probably wasn't as into board games as I am now. Yeah. Not that much more into board games, but I am into certain board games a lot. Right. Uh, Spirit Island. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, yeah, we went there for reasons. Yes. People have heard about it already, and we'll talk a little bit more. But we mm-hmm. also just went to have some fun. Yeah. Um, play some games and check out stuff. And yep. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we, I, we all, Dale bought a board game. We mm-hmm. didn't go crazy on the show floor. But it was nice to check everything out. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, looked around. Just stuff. for funsies. Cool art and things. Yeah, but the one of two big reasons we were there yes. is because it is where Glom had its kind of unveiling, its premiere. Indie Boards and Cards, our publisher, um, had it out for sale. Mm-hmm. And they also had, um, they devoted one of their demo tables, one of their two demo tables to running Glom the whole show. Yeah. Um, they had a really a volunteer who was running who was just super great. Yeah. Like, the kind of person you want to run your game at a convention. Very yeah. nice. Cool dude. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, uh, every every time I walked by and saw people playing, they were all having a blast. Good. Um, and we, uh, uh, I don't know if it completely sold out, but um, when we left, there was still one day left, and um, Sydney, our rep there, uh, was was like, "Yeah, we only have a couple copies left." That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, we th- we think it did okay. Mm, cool. Uh, which was nice to hear. Yeah. Um, and we got a bit of a sales report from Sydney about how the game is doing, uh, which is pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. It's not a big smash, and it's not didn't crash and burn. Yeah. People who know what it's about and have seen it in action um, will fall in love with it. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's kind of all you can ask for. Yeah. Um, and uh, whether it's going to do well enough to get a second printing, that's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I don't know, I have some confidence. But it might be a while. It's like a kind of a long tail game, I think. Yeah. Kind of it's, it, yeah. Well, I think that's what they were the way they were describing it is that Glom. Uh, it's kind of hard to. Uh, to to sell it until like somebody's like looked at someone playing it or played it themselves. Yeah. Once you see it, then you're like, oh, okay, this is the game for me. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna rely on word of mouth and yeah. slow build, and it's just gotta be on shelves. Yeah. And because they, you know, have a retail strategy for it, it's it's in our local board game store, which was fun to see. Um, it's out in the world. Um, people all over the country and people internationally have bought it. Mm-hmm. We see their comments on Board Game Geek and stuff. So, yeah. um, it's out there. So it's, That's you know, I I I'd like to think. That uh, it'll survive on its merits and mm-hmm. on word of mouth, we'll mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, yeah. That's so wild. It's looking good. It still isn't like we did that. Yeah, we may. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we we talked about this to the to them at the thing. Like like we're video game people. Yeah. Nothing we make is real. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. This is this is finally a real it's, thing. It's on the show. physical aspect of it that's still it's incredible. Shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. It's kind. Of, it's like a jump. It's like something. Like what else is gonna. F- fall out of my brain you know it's yeah. like okay but there's lots lots of weird stuff in there i don't necessarily <laughs> want to see it all reflected out in the real world right but make sure to have a, a, a nice uh shelf size box that it can fall into yes so that you can pack it up and sell it okay. yeah game store. <laughs> i'll try to make that happen <laughs> i don't control what happens up here yeah and speaking of things that fell out of our minds yes the second thing we were doing at origins was was sort of like soft pitching Dogpile, which yeah. we did a whole yeah. episode about mm. what our plans for that but we're back now we did it yes um and i guess it went to plan yeah, yeah sounds like it. the uh, The plan was not ever to actually pitch at Origins, but we ended up doing it anyways. Yeah, yeah. The plan uh, was to kind out. of like hand the sell sheet out to a couple of people and say we'll email you later. Yeah, and that is essentially what happened. Yeah, but there was one or two longer conversations where it was proper pitches. Yeah, um, so maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves, but it was in a place 
to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one publisher in particular that we talked to that it went really, really well with. Um, we'll see how any of this goes. Um, they might have just been a really nice person, um, but they did uh, give me a lot more time of theirs than I was asking for, which yeah. was nice. Hmm. Um, so it's a good sign. Um, but again, we're new at this, so we don't know what a good sign is necessarily. Yeah. Um, so uh, to Gen Con next, we uh, earlier today, we sat down and, and sort of planned out what we want to do for like real proper pitching, which we were going to maybe try to do at Gen Con. So mm-hmm. we have some plans for that. Yeah. We can talk about that as it gets closer. Yeah, when we get to it. Um, but yeah, it did go pretty well. Yeah. Also, what was at Origins, which is kind of weird, is there's this, the, was it GDEX is what it's called, right? Yeah, I don't know what it stands for, but it's a it's a video game con. It's, yeah. It's, it's like a local mm-hmm. video game convention. Yeah. Not as big as Origins, but it just takes place in the same convention hall mm-hmm. or convention center in a separate hall yeah. uh, during the same time. Yeah. Um, and uh, our pal and yours, guest booker Max, yeah. who gets us our guests, um, he had two games uh, that he was uh, manning the booth for mm-hmm. at that show, uh, and he's from Ohio, and so we got to have dinner with him, which yeah, was nice, was... Uh, and check out the games he's working on. Um, it was really cool. nice. Some pretty cool games. I mean, we got to see that one game that he's been talking about for forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, what was one one was Rah Rah Boom, yeah. I think. And the mm-hmm. other one was... Uh, Little Nemo game. and the yeah. Nightmare Fiends. Mm-hmm. Which is based off of like an old cartoon, or old comic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very old comic. Um, and both of those were cool. I liked them. Yeah. They were interesting. Yeah, I, I'm curious uh, how it will progress further because yeah. you know, we only got demos of them. And as, as we understand it, things went really well mm-hmm. uh, for the showing and they made some deals and stuff. And like yeah. they, both those games are doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, they're on their way uh, you know, towards success, I, I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty exciting. And yeah, so like, I mean, Glom was great. It was cool to show Dogpile to people and we got to hang out with Max. Yeah. So like three big awesome things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the way home, Steven, you discovered podcasts. I mean, I didn't discover podcasts. <laughs> Dale insists that we talk about them on the show. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, we were driving, and I want something to entertain me. And As he's driving. Yes, because otherwise, I don't know, it's it's boring. So He'll be so bored, he'll just crash into a telephone. Yeah, and I, I had, and I didn't have my playlist. I have a giant playlist of music mm-hmm. that I just listen to when I need something on. Um, but I, I kept didn't... asking you and Dale, like, what music do you want to listen to? Because if no, because I am very quick to be like, I know it, I, I have music to yeah. play. And so I always make sure that some, please, somebody else picks some music. Otherwise, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And I feel very guilty. It, well, it, it, that's the thing is I just don't have a, t- I had, I had one go to because I've been listening to a Janelle Monet album. Yeah. Um, that just came out. And that's great. It was good. Yeah. Uh, but like, I didn't want to listen to that. I didn't want to subject you all to that the whole trip. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Dale listens to podcasts um a lot i guess and she was she put up one when she was driving actually i think this is what happened mm-hmm. no it was when i was driving um i don't remember at any rate um she put on this one called was it normal gossip mm-hmm. where they just huh. talk about a gossipy thing it's like oh. r- not not rumors per se but just like they gossip about a thing yeah it's uh i was only half paying attention but yeah. it's kind of like a, a advice column sort of well they, they play out they read out a scenario and then they give their thoughts on it yeah, from some listener yeah. or something. Honestly, somewhere. what what's interesing to me about it is it's just an outlandish story yeah. that like gotcha. the, the, the 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 podcast hosts are um, reacting to. Yeah, um, which is fun because um, I would also react in, while I was listening. <laughs> listener, you should have heard him. He <laughs> had, like, a, he had opinions, and we heard that them all. That doesn't make any sense. Why were you doing? Yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> um, so I listened to those. I mean. Now, since I've been back, I have not listened to a podcast. Right, you you're, you need to get in the habit of it. Mm. But but you definitely do. It is funny, listener Stephen, who has been a host of a I would say semi successful podcast <laughs> for six plus years, mm-hmm. was asking me questions about like, well, why do they put ads in the middle of the show, and how do these theme songs get chosen, and just like basic questions about the form. Yeah, that like you have 
had a hand in producing. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, why do we put ads in the middle of the show? So we can make money. Does it work? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit. A little but, bit. But it really, you just don't listen to any podcast. I really don't. Yeah. See, here's the, here's the, if you want to listen to more podcasts, mm-hmm. you first need to get more plants. Because then what? I'll walk you through <laughs> okay. it. Okay. How did we get to here? No, no, no. <laughs> If you have lots of plants you got to take care of, yep. then the first thing you do is you get up in the morning and you're like, coffee. Yeah. And mm. then you're like, okay, it's plant time. And you play your podcast while you're getting your plants all put together. Uh-huh. Yeah. And your coffee. Honestly, Thanks. Stephen, I don't know how you could be have played as much um, Tears of the Kingdom as you have without also <laughs> listening to podcasts. You, you listen to podcasts while you play that game? I mean, once you get to the point where you're just churning through side missions and looking for shrines... Yeah, throw on seven podcasts. Oh, wow. Okay. I do that with some games, but I don't do that with... I mean, I've heard that stable theme enough. Yeah, okay. That's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> they play it a lot. Um, no, I, I, do, I do that with some games, but I don't do that with a lot of games. I, I oftentimes will feel... Uh, guilty is the wrong word. Like it's uh-huh. not like I'm shaming the devs because they play the music yeah. keeps playing over yeah. and over again. But like I don't know. I think I like getting more immersed in the game a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. So like I like with specifically with Zelda. Yeah. Well, there's some games when I play a lot and like part of it is just like a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then I will you know throw on some music. I won't listen to a podcast though because I'm just like I listen. Actually, no. What I do it typically do is I have a stream up or something. Yeah. yeah. So you basically yeah. listen to podcasts. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. There's a visual component, but podcasts have visual components sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. So. I, I mean, so I think it, it might be too late for you because you're now against the idea, mm. and because you're a very stubborn man. I am. I, I feel like <laughs> there's no amount of like you could even agree with the reasoning. You'd be like, "But I've already put my flag on the, my opinion on this." Yeah, it's a, it's, <laughs> I'm working on that with my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn it into a competition, Mark. Oh, that's true. How many podcast episodes can you listen to? You know, there's stats in my podcast player that tells me how many hours I've listened to. I've learned it's to an not... embarrassing number. Yeah, I've but learned... it's higher than yours. <laughs> I, ah! I've learned not to compete in Mark's course. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's fair. That's we fair. tried that with the shrines and Breath of the Wild. That did not work in my favor. That's so interesting. Because like, if I'm to the point where I need to distract myself from the game, I'm mm-hmm. like, it's time for a new game. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, it's like when you're like traveling through the depths and you know you've got like five minutes before you reach the next thing you're on your way to. Yeah, like that is boring. Yeah, that's fair. like that is. I mean, we've talked about uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, like, mm-hmm. but there are some things. It does a really great job of making you want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. But as the more I've played it, the more I'm like there is tons of things in that game that are just boring. It's, it's traversing the depths when you're just when you know where you need to go and there's just and it's just walking there or yeah. whatever. That I agree with you. It's just. There's nothing exciting on the way because there's just not that much in the in the depths. Right, so, right. I totally see. Yeah, the depths is kind of just weird. I don't know. That's a whole an- analysis that I eventually would have to get to. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. That's yeah, I look forward to your opinions on the depths. But you did watch the Spider Verse movie. I did watch the Spider Verse movie. Yeah. The new one is. I'm I'm gonna get my um prepositions wrong, but like. Okay. Is it? It's not into the Spider Verse. That was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. This one is. It's across, across the, the Spider Verse. Yeah, and then there to the other side of the Spider Verse. <laughs> yes, and that's the and yeah. and back again. Uh, a Hobbit story. <laughs> no, the third one is supposed to be beyond the Spider Verse, right? Right. I Whatever that so. means. No. Well, we'll find out <laughs> in the that, third. One. That is the question I've had, like yeah. looming for for Marvel in the last several years. Is mm-hmm. when, once you've gone multiverse, what's beyond that? And maybe they'll answer that question. My my thing with those movies is that they say spider twice in the title. 
Like, yeah. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. I mean, fine. But, like, it's like a little pet peeve I have in mind. Like, I, I've been recently watching some Stargate. Mm. And the, the main show in that franchise is Stargate, Stargate 1. <laughs> yes. It's like ATM machine. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Or chai tea. Yeah. Or... And, I'm just, and I'm like. Not red. It's like, you're putting a lot on the line here, folks. Yeah. Can you maybe spend five more minutes on this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it. But you like the movie. I really, yeah. Yeah. I mean, movie. I knew I would. Like, I, I had some good reports from other folks who had seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were like, you got to see it in theaters before it leaves. So we yeah. have a tiny, tiny little theater. I don't know, tiny, tiny. It's a, it's like a two-screen theater in the neighborhood. Sure. Um, It does not have the reclining seats. Yeah. But then also, like, the, <laughs> but the tickets, tickets are don't, cheap. The yeah. ticket, well, relatively. Yeah. You know? Is it the plaza? No. Because there's one. a Grand View? I don't know. Well, there's a few. There's a few yeah, around, a, yeah, in the neighborhoods. Tiny guy, local tiny flavor, guy. everybody. Local yeah, flavor. <laughs> local flavor. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I love no. the Grand View, the upstairs of the Grand View. Mm. Favorite place. It does have an upstairs, but like it's not. It's not a whatever. It's I'll definitely not the plaza because the plaza is cheaper than that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> upstairs. Oops. It was. Yeah. It's anyway. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll show it to you. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. So Stephen, you asked earlier, but we wanted to save it for the show. If Ellen agrees with our assessment oh, of yes. the ending oh. of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Okay, I paused. Yep. <laughs> you can skip now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ending of the movie, skip now. It's the last chance. Okay. Um, the ending of the movie is- I promise like, someone will have skipped and then they'll reach this point. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you got to skip like a minute or two ahead, okay? Because yeah. we're going to drag this out. Anyway, right? So it's a cliffhanger. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Yeah. That's not even a spoiler. <laughs> Everybody knows it's part one to part two. We I, talked about that on the <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, you did. You were there. Okay, it's fine. I flushed you didn't mind. Memory. You didn't mind the cliffhanger, so you didn't. You didn't agree with me and Mark. I guess. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I didn't. All that buildup, no spoiler at all. But here's the thing. I, <laughs> you know, okay, yeah. There's a cliffhanger. Fine, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I did not mind that ending. I thought. I mean, remember, I didn't remember that it was going to be a cliffhanger, so that would have spoiled me. Oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. All right, all right. Um, and it might have been because I've been watching. Um, silo the show mm-hmm. and they did a rude cliffhanger at one end of one episode oh it was very offensive like oh. the audience is dumb cheap trick kind oh. of since you uh mentioned that show to me i haven't watched it mm-hmm. i've watched yeah. it so which episode are you talking about it's i think seven end of episode seven i should have known when i asked that i don't remember this is your live show i don't remember which one you're talking yeah. about yeah <laughs> um she Spoilers for Silo. I jump have... ahead. Okay. Well, I guess I don't get to jump ahead. It's fine. Do you want to step out of the room, Stephen? No. It's too much effort. Go ahead. She jumps over the side of the railing. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of a non-issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I spent the entire... Because it's, it's releasing one episode a week. And I was like, oh, sweet. She's going to die. And, <laughs> and Which, actually, on that show, you would believe they do it. Exactly. Because the oh. first couple episodes are structured. Okay. Additional very spoilers. Cle- very yeah. cleverly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just, there's some... You get invested and people die in that show. Mm. And so I thought she was done for. And I was yeah. really excited to see where they were going to take the show next. Because it was such a... To me, I was like, that's obviously what happened. And this is such a daring move. Yeah. yeah. And then the episode starts and, like... 10 seconds in it didn't matter and i'm like that you could have ended the cliffhanger with her running away That's into the classic door serial twist over the cliff yeah literally <laughs> yeah literally a cliffhanger and they just show up at the saloon the next serial. yeah yeah it yeah, was so that. frustrating i'm like really like that's what you came and then yeah. that whole so i think i think any cliffhanger that was executed maybe better than that yeah um was was gonna be better for me What's yeah. your general? I'm, now I'm just totally pivoting to Silo now. Okay. What's your general feelings on the first season? 
I haven't finished it. I have, we have one oh. more episode to watch. Okay, okay. One more, because <laughs> Eric and I have been watching it together. We were really into it. And then that happened, and he was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we were both like, well, okay, we're going to read the books now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah it's, ba- yeah, it's based on a book series. Yeah. And I think that's what lends some of those oh. early episodes, like the structure, the narrative structure mm-hmm. is very clever and very constructed mm-hmm. in a way that's not very natural to television, mm-hmm. yeah. but is, is works really well as an adaptation. Like yeah. it works as a TV show. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was thinking like, oh, this is, this is great. And I don't know if, it, if a writer's room for a TV show would have built it this way from right. jump. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and I liked a lot about that. And, I guess the I won't spoil the ending or even hint at it, but the thing that kind of disappointed me as I went through it, and I'm probably invested. I think I'll watch the next series. Mm-hmm. But it's that it started out literary, and then it became kind of a YA novel yeah. toward the end. Oh, and and then mm-hmm. and and the 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 end of the season kind of really cements as like, okay, yep, this is kind of just this is kind of. Hunger Games style mm-hmm. YA kind of fiction. I was like, all right, I guess I'm. I guess I'm still interested. Performances are great. It's really a w- impeccably designed show visually. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The world building is really, really quite good. But I guess my expectations are just a lot lower going forward. Yeah, I think the beginning of the season was super strong and yeah. set expectations really high. And then it just kind of and it happened around that cliffhanger. It's just like, okay, now it's just another one of these. It like shows. changed modes in a way. It, it felt like it was a different. It felt like a different show. And I wonder if the Aww. books. Have, done that as well yeah i'm curious about it um which is one of the reasons why i want to read the books and also because this the um the author like self-published for many years oh really yeah he's like an incredibly wealthy author because these books like blew up and he was really early on the self-publishing game um so i think he's given yeah i don't know he he gets a lot of money for his books because (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a rare thing to have the whole meal ticket, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that's cool. So I don't know anything else about him. Hopefully he's not a total jerk face. Because mm-hmm. um, I really hate it when jerk faces get all the money. It drives me crazy. Yeah, Happens a lot. Yeah. It's one of the worst things about money. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> okay, last thing at the top of the show. Ellen, you watched a few episodes of a documentary about the Tour de France, and now you're a sports fan? <laughs> it happened to me. <laughs> It can Stay happen away. to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric's like Eric's do does triathlons and he bikes and stuff. And right. I can tell you all of the differences between triathlon biking and regular cycling, biking, biking, biking. What? Obviously, I'm not an expert, but uh-huh. um, there's this. He's like watching this documentary on Netflix, and I'm like, "What are you watching?" And he's like, "I'm watching this documentary about the twenty, you know, 2022 Tour de France." And like the uh-huh. next five seconds, there are like these people falling all over the place and terrible oh. cobblestones and everyone's bleeding. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this. Oh. And I'm Ellen's like, this. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> and then like a couple episodes later, I'm like, all these people have, well, of course they do, but they have names and they have backstories and like there's competition and different <laughs> that, rivalries. It's like they're like real people. They're like real people. <laughs> yeah. And there's like super, oh my God, the hills in France. I don't even understand. There's freaking mountains there and they have to bike up them. It's crazy. And then there's one guy who goes downhill really fast and you get to watch him go downhill really fast and you're wondering if he's going to wipe out and become a meat crayon or go off the side of a mountain. <laughs> Very exciting. Ellen discovers sports. Ellen discovers sports. <laughs> like I discovered podcasts. Basically. So now I'm like. I mean, not all sports are like secret NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not NASCAR though. Right? It's people on bikes. It's respectable. (laughs) But still the opportunity for carnage. It's still the opportunity for carnage. Mm -hmm. There's like every single episode has at least one total tangled mess where people just crash and everyone falls on each other. 
the, anyway, the theory goes that sports are only interesting in documentary format. Yeah. And and I was a heavy subscriber to that. I watched the 30 for 30 ESPN series, and I have never th- thought that sports were more interesting, pivotal to culture, and important to human history than when I watched those things. And then I watched five minutes of any actual sports, and I'm like, sports are dumb. It's a waste of time. <laughs> right. Why is anybody interested in any of this, this nonsense? Right. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, now, like, a couple times a day, I'm logging on. Because the Tour de France 2023 is happening right now. Oh. And it started on July 1st. So you are like, watching it, right? So you're putting this through no. your test <laughs> No, no, what? No, I'm not watching. Cause I'm just gonna wait till it's like cut into highlights of people falling down. Oh, of course. Much. Okay, but fair enough. Right. So these are all, I didn't know much about the Tour de France because I didn't know much about sports or cycling. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there, it's basically every day is another race. It's like every day is like a hundred mile or like a hundred kilometer race. Yeah, yeah, it's very intense. And then they do that for a whole month. It's insane. I didn't know it was for a whole month. Right. And it's the same guys. You have your team of eight, and that's all you you can't sub people in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's what you get for the whole month. Yeah, I always wonder, like, these are logistics that are surely easily discoverable. But I'm like, how do accommodations work? Is there, like, when does when do you get up? Do people really push their sleep schedules? Is there kind of a gentleman's agreement amongst the racers about, like, you know, because I, I, there have been, just like a lot of sports, like, innovation happens that, like, yeah. really change. Kind of like how speedrunning works, really. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly someone discovers a technique and is able to save seven hours or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember any of the details of any of that stuff. But I'm like, they all just get in a hotel at, at night? Where, yeah. do they, where do they have dinner? Like, are, are they're not all itching to keep going? Like, how does that, how do you control that? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, because every, every like stage of the race is like a different route. It's not like yeah. they necessarily pick up where the previous one ended. They get, they finish mm-hmm. the route. Mm-hmm. They get their bike to the, their whole team that takes care of the bike. They all get mm-hmm. on a bus and they go to the hotel. And then they sleep, and then they get on the bus, and then they go to the next starting zone. It's nuts. It's crazy. The, the yeah. logistics of it are insane. And, yeah, okay, but it's also, like, every day is then, like, a six-hour ride. I'm not going to watch that on TV. One, I have stuff to do, like, yeah. for a podcast. It seems and, like the least interesting – it feels like the resource management and logistics are way more fascinating than the actual pedaling bit. Well, you know, the – when you distill the pedaling bit down to this length of a Netflix documentary episode, then it's perfectly interesting. But yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot more thinking and planning and strategy than that goes into like the Tour de France teams competing with one another and the individuals competing with one another than I would have expected. Because yeah. like, my extent of competition in a individual sport like cross country, for example, is go run fast. Yeah. yeah. Go run fast. And I assumed that bike cycling was go cycle fast, but it's a lot more. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. Um. I and, mean, even in cross country running, there's a lot more to it. But uh, did you did cross country running in like high school? Or, yeah. Yeah. That's you know that's yeah. like <laughs> it's high school. Yeah. You're just doing it because uh, you're impressing a girl or something. Yeah. Oh, is that this, that's what everyone did, right? This wasn't just me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One to ten, how impressed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Not very. It's not a number, but anyway. Cross country is a difficult sport to spectate, so it's not a great one for impressing anyone. I got last on most of my races. (laughs) So I guess one. I get you. (laughs) All right. Uh, We have topics and stuff, right? We got topics. Yeah. um, Okay, so (laughs) early. Just getting my bearings after that uh, epic meta. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Early in the show's history, mm-hmm. we've we talked about the uh, Quantic um, Foundry's gamer motivation profile. Yes, yeah. yep. which is a thing that uh, uh, listeners will put the link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, use a, it's a quiz; takes about five minutes. 
you answer a bunch of questions about what you like in games, and then it gives you kind of like a, a basically a class, yeah. like a profile of what type of gamer you are. Yeah. If you've done the Myers-Briggs personality quiz, it's very similar to that, and that mm-hmm. the questions are similar, and it, it also imbues a false sense of confidence in the results. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that you read it, and you're like, oh, man, it feels, it's a little horoscopy, mm-hmm. but it is based on the actual information you provide. So right. I'm kind of I'm, uh, I'm half and half on it in terms of it being a valuable piece of information. Sure. Now, the company that administers it, and, 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 and they, they, it's a, lot, a huge data collection for them. So yeah. I think it's valuable to them in terms of like demographic studies. Yes. And I think that like they can package and sell that data to game publishers in terms of like trend watching and stuff like that. That's all, I'm sure that has use. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm a little skeptical to the individual use, but yeah. it is fun to see what kind of gamer you are yeah. in this particular terminology and compare that to other people using the same terminology. Mm-hmm. It is kind of fun. Um, so before the show uh, just now, after we got uh, back into the building, uh, we each took the test. Um, I've t- taken it before for the show. Same here. Uh, years and years ago. I found yeah. my answers are, were not that different. Uh-huh. Some little changes. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if I would have answered them differently or the same as I did now back then if it was a different day back then. You know, day of the week or whatever. Um, but I wanted to talk about it in sense of um, not just talking a little bit about our the types of gamers we are because uh-huh. we talk about that a lot on the show i think yeah. even outside this this language but as a designer how do you make game systems and mechanics that encourage not just the types of players that are you know cataloged here but just generally yeah um what what is your because i think one of the things that troubles me a little bit about categorizing gamers this way is the kind of like um, then you want to design for an audience or for a niche yeah. or for a thing. When to me, I don't know, maybe this is a little naive, but I kind of like humans are humans. Yeah. Like the people, they like what they like and they will sort of like be motivated to, I mean, in, in a meta sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to go to the same, have the same things drive them in multiple cases. Yes. But I don't believe it's beyond the capacity of a human being to be motivated by the same thing someone else is just because one person likes uh, Zelda and one person likes Overwatch too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and 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 they wouldn't. They don't have any of the same gaming likes in common. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe there's not a third game they could both enjoy. And, yeah. And well, be absolutely. Motivated. Right. By. Yeah. That's one of the weaknesses of this thing. I, Ellen had brought up another uh, form of like what was it? There was the Killers and the three other ones. Yeah, Bartlett's player. Yeah, um, that was an yeah. interesting Text. discussion. Yeah, and and yeah, I think like labeling things. I think in labeling things in that way is useful from like. A scientific point of view like an academic point of view but i don't think it's very really useful from like a development point of view largely due to what you were saying i think like putting players in boxes especially when your game doesn't necessarily will definitely not like mat fit in any one of those boxes neatly um even if you intend for that right yeah um i don't think it's i don't think it's very useful information um for a developer from that sense i think it's more important to like it is kind of difficult. You don't want to really like imagine your ideal gamer. That's weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just want to, you just kind of want to, you, you have a, I think what's, I think what's most valuable, the best way to do this in terms of thinking about like a player's motivation for your game is to think about what the, what your game is good at, like what things would engage a player and have the game work towards that and help motivate a player towards enjoying that aspect of a game. And yeah. keeping and keeping things that would prevent a player from enjoying that aspect of the game away from that. So, like, okay, actually, a good a good example I think um, is uh, Tears of the Kingdom mm-hmm. has 
you know, it's a collectathon. You grab a bunch of stuff and you you can throw things and you pick up a bunch of weapons and you know, there's a lot of things you can pick up. And I think a lot there's a lot of players who enjoy that kind of aspect of it. But there's also a ridiculous amount of menuing that you have to do in that game. Yeah. And it's so annoying. <laughs> um I think that um I think that like a player would maybe fall off of it if they, you know, have to deal with this menu constantly. So a lot of um a lot of uh RPGs that have a bunch of collecting and a bunch of weapons and stuff you can pick up have optimized that in a way that makes it really easy for players to just like um go this is probably the op or click a button and it'll optimize like what your weapons and stuff are if you don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. You just yeah. want to pick up all the weapons cuz it's fun to pick up the weapon. Mm-hmm. Um but you don't have any room left in your pouch. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well then there's a whole thing I guess. Um but like yeah, I think it's I think it's like removing the pain points. And picking and highlighting the exciting parts to to help players motivate them to keep playing a game or start playing a game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, the, like the 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 quiz does try to like uh, s- uh, separate people out into the sort of like the first person shooter types and the RPG types, the people who like menus and don't. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, those aren't even the terms they use, but I think that it that's a little that's how I think how they get mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. They don't really express it in any particular way. Like, do you like to you know uh, resource manage or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I think that if you're having like friction problems with your UI, it's just going to be worse for people who don't like menus at all. Well, yes, it's not. I don't think it's a choice you make necessarily. I think. I I think you're right. I think that the there's you're going to have to make sacrifices when you're developing the game, and I think it would if you want a player yeah. to be motivated to collect a bunch of stuff and be able to look at stuff they've collected, you're going to want to make sure to prioritize uh, that making sure that the UI is not annoying to go through. You don't yeah. have to click bajillion buttons to get to anything. Yeah, I think that I think you can. You did sort of hit on it, like the idea, yeah. like it's really just a, it's a it's a possibly a measurement tool. Yeah. And like, is this working or not? Yeah. And um, but it goes back to like sort of what I always think about for game design is like you're not designing for the player. Yes. You're designing for what you want it to do. Exactly. And if a player who likes that sort of thing isn't responding to it, then that's that's then that's what you need to adjust. Right. It doesn't mean you need to change what you want to do. Yeah. But but you know this player likes this. You know this is what you want to do. You just need to connect those two mm-hmm. things. Um, that's kind of hard data to collect and act on, though, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't know how to. I don't know how to collect that data. <laughs> I don't have any guides for that yeah. other than playtesting. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about our results here, mm-hmm. and we can, yeah. we can sort of see how serious we want to take some of it. I think mine was a little bit contradictory. It isn't that much different than it was. Uh, six years ago, mm-hmm. um, but the 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 the, uh, the of the nine categories it puts you in, it calls me a bard. My motto is playing a part in a grand story, which mm. I immediately object to. Mm. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I think because there's, I answer a lot of the narrative quite like I want complicated stories, I want rich backgrounds, like I, I'm, I'm that kind of person. Yeah, but I'm also really happy when that stuff is implied yeah. rather than expressly done. Mm-hmm. But I want there to be a lot under the surface, sure. whether I, I see it or not. I, there was no way I could tell this quiz that. Yeah. So it ended up just thinking that I love narrative games, mm. which isn't really true. Um, I think the more focused on the more focused you are on neg- a narrative at the cost of play, the less interesting your narrative is. Mm. Um, that, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm th- no, th- sorry, the, you bristling up against it being uh, not liking narrative games because you don't play many narrative games, but you talk about stories all the time. Right. So I find that <laughs> I just find that interesting. Well, because like that, I don't find that contradictory at all. I no, just find no, that I interesting. Think, yeah, I think this is a thing. This is a general criticism I have of games yeah. and how they treat narrative mm-hmm. as like a component, and rather than like you know, like Mario doesn't have a story, but like there's more story in Mario 
than there is in a lot of visual novels, mm. in, in my opinion. Which mm. is not to knock any form or anything. Yeah. But but like a visual novel is its own thing. Yeah. And it doesn't even. I mean, whatever you people say, they're not games. Those people can jump off a bridge. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> or walk take a long walk off short pier or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but what I mean to say is, um, the the narrative I'm interested in mm-hmm. is narrative told through gameplay. Sure. Right. And yeah. so. I want a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, games that are just really story heavy generally don't have that. Right, because they just tell you a story and you don't get you don't get to participate, really. Yeah. I don't yeah. even mind, like, 10-minute cutscenes. That's sure. fine, too. It's mm-hmm. like, there's it, it's, I don't know, maybe it's maybe I'm making it more nuanced than it really mm-hmm. is. But I think the way it's describing me is, like, really, like, immersion. And, and, like, and, and I like to be in a grand story that emerges from a community of players and be yeah. whisked away into another world. Right, that's like, a no, specific, I don't like that at all. That's a specific type of narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of a problem with how we describe games in general yeah. and how we think about, we talked about this in an episode on genre. Mm-hmm. Like what do we, what you know, when we talk about like like narrative genre, we the very, very constrained definitions that we apply to games that right. we don't in other mediums. Yes. Which is very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite odd. Well, anyway, that's all my complaints about mine. I mean, I've got more, <laughs> but let's move on, Steven. Yeah. Uh, Any headlines that you've seen from your results? Um, You know, honestly, mine haven't changed that much. Mm-hmm. I apparently like Mastery more yeah. than I did in the past. And I, I didn't realize I like Social so much. But I like it less now, <laughs> which does track, I think. Yeah. Um, Old and cranky just, now. Yeah. <laughs> Old and cranky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, oh, my, what did they, they gave me uh, Acrobat. Um, which is like a player who a solo player who primarily wants to take on challenging gameplay and they want to practice over and over again until they take on the most difficult missions and bosses in the game, mm-hmm. which totally tracks with me. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just the, I guess the actual distribution seems weird, a little yeah, weird, yeah. but like, you know, it works. Yeah. And I, what, I definitely, what is your mastery percentage? Uh, it's at 47%. Okay, so mine's my mastery is at sixty seven percent, which the way we talk about games doesn't track for either of us. Yeah, it seems to not. be flipped around. Right? Uh-huh. I think it's just because of the way they describe it. Like I answer all the like I would I love heavily strategic games. I love thinking a long time before making a decision. Mm-hmm. I love making I love solving complicated puzzles, mm-hmm. and so it interpreted that as want a lot of mastery yeah. but i also answered all the questions of like no i don't want to spend i don't want to play the game more than i have to yeah no i don't want to you know practice to get good yeah uninterested yeah. no thank you yeah and it still thinks that mastery is like it's my, my highest score yeah yeah i'm really curious how they you know determine all that stuff because yeah i definitely um yeah because we, we we talk about mastery in different ways yeah. but i think that we've kind of uh, uh, as a collective here in the clubhouse, we agree that I'm the one who likes right, right, right. <laughs> but also it's like more complicated than that. And I yes. think you and you and I both have a more nuanced approach to it. Yeah. That that is essentially we're like Captain Kirk confusing the android here. Yeah. Kind of giving it contradictory information that it's not prepared to accept. Yes. Um and so the results and this is probably true for a lot of people, mm. maybe true for game designers most specifically. Mm. Like this might not be a problem unique to us. That's true. Um and that we're like trying to give it answers that are too detailed yeah really it's just like no yeah. just gives the broad impressions thank you yeah ellen how did yours go nothing here will be surprising yeah <laughs> okay um I, I must have figured out i must be talking on the androids level because um it told me i'm a bounty hunter uh-huh. ah wow gamer type just like samus yeah pretty much <laughs> gamer type motto high octane solo world exploration hmm. check yep mm-hmm. check yep check um, bounty hunters are solo action-oriented explorers who want game worlds they can make their own through customization and discovery. They also enjoy power progression and unleashing mayhem. So, yeah. 
That's Alan to a T. Yeah. Basically, the rest of the page is, is various percentages of explosions. Right, right. <laughs> uh, your overall, tr- this is the sort of six-dimensional yeah. uh, shape that it goes outward the more you are in the six categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yours is pretty, you have a big area. Of, yeah. Of, and I think it's kind of a nice metaphor. It's like there are many games that you like because yes. they would fit in that space. Yeah. Mine's a little more constrained. <laughs> Same. Yours is like a tiny little butterfly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of course, this is it's a useful metaphor insofar that the arrangement of these in 3D space changes how, how like, const- pinched the shape is. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not totally fair, but it's a it's a, it's a a rough guide. Yours uh-huh. does remind me, Ellen, of, of Martha's when we did this six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Martha's was like, all games, please. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I, think that's, pretty that's, much. I think you fall into that category a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty – of the six different um, – axes here i guess mm-hmm. i am lowest on mastery yeah hmm. um and it takes a particular type of game for me to want to get mastery of it hmm. and i'll for most games that are quite big i'll if if there is part of it that hooks me it'll on the mastery component it'll be like one aspect of the game yeah you know so um yeah and i'm sometimes i'm really into achievements and sometimes i'm not mm-hmm. but always into explosions <laughs> always and explore and exploring you know like i will find every single little i did i found all the puzzles in metro dread i found all the little guy i've talked about this yeah i found them all i just didn't get them all yeah right and that's okay i found good enough yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i got credit we feel pretty much identical about this yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. like in in zelda i'm still not using the uh left uh um uh, zl to target uh enemies oh yeah because i don't have to yeah that's true (laughs) like combat's not that hard in that game mm. and i find myself like every now and again i'm like oh it'd be really interesting like, oh i can lock on it's like mm-hmm. the most basic mechanic yeah. they teach you right away yeah. yeah you should be using all the time it's been like that since the the wii <laughs> yeah but like i just never feel the need to and mm. then i've just i've developed a habit to it even though it would make the game a lot easier because i'm just not interested in mastering that yeah yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah but i remember also playing the nonsense out of thoth yeah. Mm, right. But that is the that. pretty much the only thing you can do in that game is yeah. just like yep. hit your head against the shapes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's what it comes down to where I get a little bit frustrated by like gamer types because there are definitely like certain games that require a lot of like twitch reflexes yeah. that I love. Mm-hmm. And then there are games where that have those things and I'm not interested. Yeah. And I think that it's uh, it just I like all types of games can work. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think the the amount of games of a particular type that are in my like catalog of favorites, I think, is solely a function of how many of those games have come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. not so much yeah. my you know, and also like the ones that reached that came across my eyes while browsing the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like so many convolution of, fa- of factors. Mm-hmm. I think of like games, I, I types of things I would have, but every time I talk about it, I start contradicting myself immediately. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like these these like quizzes and things are like, what kind of eater of food are you? Yeah. What foods do you like? It's like, that's such a huge question. And it kind of feels like, it's like, okay, you said you like Doritos. Therefore you must like salt in everything and yeah. like no not on no not on everything and they're mm. like but you said you like doritos and you like cheetos and you like fritos so you must like salt like no i like salt on my chips mm-hmm. yeah. you know but i don't like it on my cereal yeah <laughs> you know like that's this that's cereal yeah it's different and I, I think that thinking does kind of impact does kind of infect game dev circles mm. when we talk about types of things because very often we think about like um, inspired by other types of games and what they do and how they accomplish those things. Yeah. And I think we're a little bit too quick to mimic those things to achieve that end. Yes. Um, and I think some of that comes from the fact that like it's proven to work on these players and not realizing there's like 10 other variables right. that will impact your execution. And, and that's, yeah, I guess that's basically why I was arguing against trying to uh, garner your game towards a particular type of mm-hmm. player and just focus on 
Yeah. Enhancing what is good about the game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that the, the player, whatever type, enjoys your game will come flocking towards it. Yeah. Right. It is it's definitely a question for market research and yeah. promotion. Yeah. And there's a there's a lot of like know your audience that is is very I think an unchallenged um best practice in indie dev is to like you know, when you're trying to pitch to a publisher, they'd want a slide on who's this for. Yes. And as a developer, I've never felt qualified to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And I still kind of bristle against the notion that it's my problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that, that is a very good point, though. Uh, I am not a marketer, so uh, yeah. maybe my advice is not good for that particular Well, it's definitely somebody's problem. Mm -hmm. But as a game designer, I, I don't think it's my problem. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I guess there's an argument to be made that, like, being engaged with that can inform your design. But I I someone would have to make that case to me. Mm. I'm not ready to completely dismiss it, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's my problem. Know. I'm gonna keep digging into this food metaphor because <laughs> I don't know. Food can be a great metaphor of everything, but it's like, yeah, okay. okay, you got this. You got this dessert going. Okay, you got this dish going. You say it's a dessert. That's great. Mm. What about the people who like salt? <laughs> and you're like, we have a list of them. <laughs> Ellen, you're on that list. <laughs> they'll they'll like they'll like this dessert. It just doesn't have salt in it. Mm -hmm. like, but they really like salt. So you yeah. have to have some salt in there. I'm yeah. like, well, I can sprinkle some on the top to make it pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll sell it. Great. I don't know. I, I don't think know. there's sort of probably like I think there's probably some benefit to like uh, for someone uh, someone in marketing to work with a designer to help them market the game because mm. the designer helped determine what is good about the game, right? Yeah. So like I, somebody can like spin that into a way that can make it more exciting. Because I think you know, as game designers, we're we're artists, but we're also like regimented in in some ways, yeah. Um, w w which is not something that will portray to a player what's good about it. You, we did all that work to make the game feel good, but we didn't do all that work to make the game sound good to like <laughs> to maybe play if yeah, you wanted yeah. to. Well, and you start to get in the the, the data driven mobile yeah. game kind of like how to mm -hmm. hook people, and then you start getting into Skinner box territory. Right, that's different. Too. And yeah. and it's like, well, I mean, what does what does success mean in terms of this is a successful game mm -hmm. that people like? Mm -hmm. And then you start like, well, where's the artist in all of this? Yeah. Um. And so, but that's a real real fuzzy fuzzy line. Yes. Very wide. That's um, true. So it's like you can be in the middle of that line and making like smart decisions about your game in yeah. the marketplace yeah. without feeling like you're like giving yourself over to that yeah. kind of thinking. That's true. Or you could cross that line where you start it conflating that, oh, uh, my players are, from early access are really responding to this tweak I'm making. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's good game design. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, such an easy trap to fall into. I yeah, um, absolutely. It's tricky. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess uh, buyer beware maybe is the, is the <laughs> what I'm coming down from this. It's a very, yeah. it's a very unfocused topic. Uh, we were locked out of the building today, folks. You yeah, can't expect much from me. It's fine. Oh, it was also hot. We didn't mention that it was hot. Hot. So you know. what? What else excuses us for this? Like, <laughs> this casual we were, episode. We were hungry, and so then we ate really fast, and now we're like food coma. Yeah, yeah. And we were trapped outside holding our bat, our food. It, it hadn't started raining yet, but it was yeah. going too soon. Yeah. We could have just started eating, and we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't want to because we were on the people. phone. Yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I realized I had very salty food, and that's explains a lot. Well, there we go. <laughs> I've heard you like salt. <laughs> People tell me I like salt. Yeah. And explosions. We've got a lot of stuff on our Patreon. Yeah. A lot of cool things. So much. So much. It's actually a lot of content. You know when you actually start and think about it, it's a lot of content. There's a lot out there, yeah. <laughs> There's ad-free episodes. Those are relatively new, but we've been doing this for a little while now, so you've got a lot of cool ad-free episodes that yep. you can listen to. And you don't have to like log into Patreon to right. do it. You get a, get a special RSS feed mm -hmm. loaded into however you listen to podcasts and you get this show minus ads. Yes. 
Um, there's also Patreon exclusive content. One yeah. Of which is Ellen's Docs. There's a bunch of pictures of Ellen's Docs. Um, those I'll say are there's probably other places you can find that. I imagine they're all over the place. Yeah, but these are Not exclusive. Really. But it's a nice curated exclusive batch. Yes. For sure. Exactly. There was that one time when Ellen went through Mark's stuff and talked about it. That was cool. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. There was one time when Ellen forced us to watch a video and we discussed it for a little while. That was something. Yeah. Um, we have all of our robust and working episodes in there. Yeah. Um, we have a bunch of, like, I think we were, like, fixing a thing in the clubhouse and we were, like, playing our old games that we did during our game jams. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Things. We did a, for our 200th uh, a long while back. That's right. We did a, an ex- extra segment that uh, Dale, and if you are if you like this show enough mm-hmm. to support it, you're probably interested in how we run it. Yeah. And we have, we maintain some of our behind the scenes stuff. We, we don't want to hide anything from our regular audience. Right. Don't, you know, uh, make no mistake. But if you want to learn a little bit more about our thoughts on making the show, some extra content that sort of digs into, a little bit deeper into our minds as designers, uh, lots of really good stuff on there. Yeah. And you know, let's say I have a co- how many how many bucks would I need to get access to that stuff? Actually, you only need one, right? I, I think it's really cheap. It's really cheap. It's practically nothing. <laughs> at, at, at any level, we have we have tiers. We do have tiers. But that's all just uh, facade. Yeah. You give us a little money, you mm-hmm. get all your stuff. Exactly. All stuff. Yeah. Two dollars fifty cents. Two dollars fifty cents. That's the starting tier. I yeah. think you can give us less though. Possibly. Yeah, we're, we're making it real easy for y'all. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash nicegamesclub support today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, my topic, mm-hmm. copying others. What does that mean? Uh, just you taking something that somebody else made and put it in your thing. And what does that yeah. mean? That's what it means. That's what I'm defining it as. Is you just right. take falling some... into that trap we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we, you know, score a double. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So yeah, I want to talk about copying others because I don't think, because I think sometimes we'll, you know, a word will have a negative connotation, like cheating, for instance, <laughs> and it's okay. To, to say you're doing a thing and it have a negative connotation, but it'd be okay in this instance. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about this with respect to... This is called special dispensation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about this with respect to copying others yeah. or, well, not, not plagiarizing, because I think that has a connotation that it's like illegal and wrong in like an academic sense. Right. It's the good artist copy, great artist steal. Yeah. Again, another big fuzzy line. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying steal other people's work, but definitely took look at other people's work and be like, oh, this is a cool idea. I want this for my game. Mm-hmm. And then put it in your game. Um, basically, I'm just trying to say that copying can be good. Just do it right. Right. Don't just like literally rip something from, like this is what happens and I think in a lot of spaces is they'll see a game and it'll be, this is what happened in previous games that I've worked on. Yeah. That's why I'm, say, I'm saying it from experience. <laughs> um, they'll look at other games, uh, things that, well, I don't know, Fortnite's done, right? Oh, Fortnite has seasons. They've got some like ranking system and stuff, right? Why don't we put that in our game? We'll put all this work in here and do all this stuff. Uh, turns out we only have 10 players. 
Uh, so the ranking system is crap. <laughs> it means nothing to anyone who actually tried to make it, you know, good. Yeah. Um, and so you, we wasted all this time developing all these this feature that nobody is really enjoying. Um, but you could take maybe the idea that Fortnite has these ranks and stuff, and you can put in, um, you could put in like a scoreboard or something. That's a lot easier to do for one. Mm-hmm. It still has that uh, competition between people, so they can keep playing, trying to play the game without having to put in a whole complicated ranking system to get rewards and whatever else every season. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's, I think, I think it can be valuable to just look at other people's work, um, and use it, f- it. Frankly, yeah, just like grabbing it and using it for yourself, but you can't just. You can't literally just grab it and put it in your game. I keep using my hands to grab things. <laughs> now that you understand podcasts, Stephen, uh-huh. let's layer this one other point on that. It's an audio medium. Oh, is it? <laughs> no visuals. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Maybe. <laughs> great, great, cool. Well, now we can stop covering for him. <laughs> Big weight off our shoulders. So, uh, I want. I guess this this topic. I wanted to talk about like what what is how to copy somebody well. Uh, what to copy what not to copy those kinds of things yeah. i think it's important to, like it's important to like analyze when you're looking at another person's work and you want to use some of the aspects for yourself like let's say um you're making a a, a deck building game right um and you look at slay the spire because that's what everybody's looking at when they want to make deck building games. it's a great example of a genre where a lot of copying is happening exactly um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you look at slay the spire and you're like wow this game's doing deck building well it's selling a lot of copies um, I want to make a deck building game because I like deck building games and I have an interesting idea for it. Um, instead of being like, well, why don't I just take Slay the Spire and uh, make it set in space? Like, that's not, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> instead, what you should do is go, what do I like about, like, analyze how you enjoy the game or maybe analyze how other people are enjoying the game. Go like, what do I like about Slay the Spire? What has worked about it? Well, let's see. I, I, I don't really like the environment. I want to change that. Um, but I do like um, the way that the the way you get hands and you have to play all the cards in your hand or they just get discarded. Like that's kind of an interesting thing. Maybe I could twist that into something that's more interesting. Yeah. Um, and so it's, then, a, it's a tapestry, right? You yeah. pull the thread. Yeah. And suddenly, like, I want this thing to be in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that. And then but I don't want that other thing. And like, okay, well then how, what's the connection between those two things yeah. in your source, in yeah. the source uh, inspiration? Right. And why is that relevant? Or maybe that why it's like, oh, they, that was a mistake they made. I will, mm-hmm. I will do it differently mm-hmm. or it, uh, something I disagree with or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. You had, you it, like taking somebody else's uh, idea um, and putting it in your game yeah. is something you can do yes. and do well, yes. but it is just as hard as coming up with something brand new on your right. own. Well, see, yeah. that's the thing. When you take something and you decide to make different decisions based off of that, the developers very likely already made those decisions because of, of various reasons. Like, right. It could have been resources. It might have been that's not the game they wanted to make, whatever. Um, so you coming in and taking it and being like, well, I can make this better by making this one little tweak. Ha ha, I'm so much smarter than the developer. And then that's, surprise. Exactly. I, to be clear, I don't think it, no, you're not has do- that attitude. No, yeah. no one does. Yeah. I don't think it, well. Some people do, I'm a sure. A few people do. Okay. But very, very few people. in talking to those people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But even, even, I mean, I don't know. Like, I've done that a few times, right? Not, not being like, oh, I'm way smarter than this developer. But... <laughs> being like i'll take this thing and i'll make a tweak and it'll make it more interesting for me and i think that'll make it a good game for yeah. other people too right. potentially yeah it's more about um, fit like oh okay they did it this way but i'm doing this other thing so maybe this could fit but only if they do it this other way but yes then you have to look at the dependencies and right in the source well it's like so. mark was saying yeah, yeah it's a tapestry that's a good way of describing it like when you make those little tweaks that tweak has 
there's ripple effects and it'll affect butterfly thingy. What's it called? Butterfly, butterfly. effects. That's what it's yeah, called. butterfly <laughs> effects. Right. It's really hard to say it at 10 o'clock at night. Uh-huh. Butterfly effects. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that like, it's, yeah, it's just important to recognize what you're grabbing. Yeah. And how that change will affect things. And recognize that the developers did make those changes for a reason. And so, like, you looking at, you can look at their work and see why they made those changes mm-hmm. by analyzing why they did it. And by analyzing what you want to copy and what you don't want to copy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that I think that can be valuable. And I do, I do think it's important. I think it's very valuable to take other people's work and use it for your own work um, and smartly because it saves you time. <laughs> so, so, I see. I I kind of I disagree. I don't oh, think, I don't okay. think it saves you a, a half a minute. Like really? Yeah, because I think if I mean it might, but you that's not a successful execution. Okay, that's my contention. I guess. Okay, is that um, which isn't to say you can't make a knockoff that's also fun. Sure. I mean, like that is. I mean, I think many examples have proven, mm-hmm. and many and beloved examples of that are that you know are maybe lesser quality but still great. Yeah. Um. So that's not what I mean. Okay. What I mean is that if your if your goal is to try to save time, that's not a good way to do it. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's probably a case by case basis. Yeah, but I, yeah. I do I do kind of agree with Mark. I think that I misspoke when I said that it saves you time. I guess it saves it. Well, there's like a there's a um something's proven out. Yes. And so you don't have, to, you the, don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. There's a little bit of that going on. That's what it is. Yeah. That's, it, that's it helps. It, it gives you a starting point. Yeah. Um, in a way that that will maybe save you time. Honestly, that I think now I'm on your side with it because oh. I, well, <laughs> I mean from that from, I win. from that angle, right? Ride. Yeah. The, like the um the the hardest thing to do is to start is to pick a spot and then go in a direction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you if you're starting from, I mean, it's ultimately arbitrary. Yeah. Like where where your initial thinking is and then which direction you go. Yeah. It's like you're never you can't make the right choice because mm-hmm. there's so many other variables yet to be defined. Yeah. Um. So if you're just picking some other design, some other solve solution. Yeah. And then starting to tweak, I mean that will I guess that saves you time getting started. Yes. I don't know that it saves you time. Yeah, to I get where you're going. Right. Yeah. When I said save you time, I don't think I don't mean that it saves you time during the development process because there's still a lot of work to right. develop a game, regardless of where. <laughs> yeah, it's just always hard. Yeah. Um, but I do think it. I do think it. Yeah, it gives you a starting place in a way that I think can be very valuable and save you a bunch of meetings to figure out what the heck you want to do. I think. Yeah. yeah I guess it can. It can. It, it prevents you from wasting time that what that, that wasting unproductive time. Yes. I I, I suppose. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I think it's valuable to know what you do want to do and know what you don't want to do. And you, you can figure all that stuff out right away by going, oh, Slight Spire is cool, but it looks ugly or whatever. Yeah. Um, then you could be like, but I want to make something like that. Then you can be like, I'll take these things and not take these things. And then I have a starting place. And then all of a sudden, oh, maybe some of the stuff in Slight Spire does work, actually. And, you know, then you yeah, then you can make decisions based off that and have conversations around that versus just starting at I want to make a deck builder. And then you're like, what does deck builder mean? And you got to define what that means, and that's yeah. a whole thing. Um, yeah. I mean, if that's the if that's the and if you speak in the in the, in that language of like of of mechanics and mm-hmm. like sort of pick off the shelf and then mix together, yeah, like like you're baking a cake or whatever. Yeah. That's I think, but I think for me, the reason I'm having a little bit of difficulty sure. with it with with this as a uh, something to get excited about. Yeah. Okay. Is because I don't I don't that's not how I think of as a uh, that's not the language I use as a designer. Yeah. Um, necessarily so like those aren't those aren't my building blocks that's fair um which isn't to say that they can't be for other people well okay right? like well, i don't mean to say that it's bad it no, just, it's, it's a little alien to me so 
Okay, so Metro Nexus, right? Right. That's I was going to ask you about yes. the the examples of yours because Metro Nexus was a very specific homage to a specific game. Yeah, and so um, l- less of like ingredients from things and more like this is a cool idea for a game. It's mm-hmm. kind of a bad game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take its premise and and do it. Yeah. Um. So I, I, that's the that's. I mean, I don't know if, if that's dead on what you're describing. Yeah, um, I think that's a lot. That is, it doesn't the way that you copy it doesn't have to be the game itself. Yeah. It can be like a, a premise. And definitely the starting from in the case of like how characters handle in that game mm-hmm. was meant to sort of evoke the feeling of what would it be like if this game was actually fun to control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, there was. I mean, I didn't even have a copy of uh, City Connection when mm. I started working on Metro Nexus. Yeah. So it wasn't a lot for me to actually look at. Mm. It was mostly just hazy memories. Sure. Um, so it's it it to me, I think of much more of an inspiration, even though it's very much a it's very much a ripoff. It's like a, it's an homage, very specifically yeah. meant to remind you of that. Yeah. Game. Um, but maybe it's just because of my process is different. I never thought of it as well. Like you said, the line is fuzzy. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm kind of arguing that. Uh, saying that you copy somebody else isn't necessarily a negative thing. You just take right, it right, right. Uh, flat out, and that's fine. Just like with cheating, I'm saying it again <laughs> because I, eventually, when we get to cheating part two, I'm gonna. <laughs> that will go. be my theory. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> is cheating is fine, but just recognize you're doing it. Um, yeah, that, but yeah, I think that, that's basically my main point. Is like I, I think it's okay to copy other people, but um. Oh yeah, like yeah. that as the sort of thesis statement is yeah. like. It, yeah, um, originality is overrated. Yes, novelty oh, yeah. is overrated. Yep. Um, there, there's hazards towards just lifting things, mm-hmm. but like, who cares if you came up with it? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to come up with something that's completely novel. Yeah. Yes, and even so, like people will be able to trace the genealogy of that execution. Yeah, yeah Simpsons else. did it first. <laughs> well, so much. <laughs> what What's new is interesting because you have never experienced it before. So yeah. it, can, it yeah. can, as a player, it can open up a new experience because all your preconceptions are are yet to be built. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating, but it only lasts so long. Right. Exactly. So, so like that's that's fine. There is value to it, mm-hmm. but it's like it's fleeting value. Yes. Right. Um, by its very nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would, yeah, I think you're right to like, if that's a weight on your shoulders, like feel be free of it yeah right yeah if and if if you want to look to another domain of creation that's not food for an example <laughs> you can look at the four chord song right like yeah. the one mm-hmm. one five six four or something i can't remember exactly there's like a whole bunch of spoofs on there where you, you like string a bunch of songs together yeah. that all have the same chord progressions yeah <clears throat> anyway and uh it's People have been using that for really, 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 really long time, and they'll keep using it because it works and it's fun. And yeah. finding new ways to do it. Exactly, right. finding new ways to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I think the only the only thing I've had a difficult time with throughout this conversation is the word copy. Mm, it just yeah. doesn't. When I feel like copy, it feels like something you're just like straight up copying or cloning or whatever. Yeah. If at the end of your process you say this is a copy. Then you've not done your copying correctly, maybe. Well, we're, what's are we talking about copying? Or are we talking about inspiration? See, now we gotta go to Steven and say, "What do you mean by that, it's man?" Copying. It's the same thing. Oh, That's okay. what I mean. Cool. All right. <laughs> he's not. He's not letting us get all no hippy dippy with it. That's he's what I. Yeah, of... I, I. I think that sometimes we try. We use words that make them sound better than they actually are. Yeah. I think it. You. you like you were inspired by City Connection. Like it's yeah. not. I'm, but I. Do, I also think that you. You know, you copied some of the work that City Connection. Not the work. Copied some of the. Um, 
wasn't the, a lot of work the, that went into that game. But, <laughs> but you're, super, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you, yeah. you copied the premise of it. Yeah, and, and I've, I've always been really open about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something I appreciate yeah. about that. And um, I think part of it is, be, in the case of Metro Nexus, yeah. that is part of the core pillar of that game. Yeah. That it's supposed to be city connection, but modern. Yeah. And so that's kind of why, like, it, without that, it is nothing. <laughs> Yeah. So it's not it's not that it was meant to be a, like a knockoff of it. It's meant to be a specific lineage to that. Yes. So I don't know if that's just semantics at this point. But... It, it, well, that's, I guess, part of what I'm arguing is it's just semantics. You're yeah. copying. It's fine. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my point. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I guess that's the thing to think about is if it's something that's worth it. It's such a strong inspiration. So mm. really, really. Then, like, think about making it into a core pillar. Thinking about yeah. making it. Like instead of just like using it to get a kickstart onto your project, mm-hmm. like think about you know what value that is to your entire design, yeah, um, and how important that is to maintain as you tweak things around it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's our show. For show notes and links on today's topics, go to our website nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter and Mastodon at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets and toots about game dev resources and. A cat giving a dog a massage. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's got to be cute. Okay. I'm getting nods. <laughs> Audio medium, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we like hearing from you, so tweet and toot back. Or email us, contact at nicegames.club. We are on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff, including ad-free episodes. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be interviewing Anna Webster about narrative design. Ooh, I'm excited. But that's it for this week. So, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. So that's that. That's Spider-Verse and Silo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still playing that horse game. Yeah. Read, read off some of the names of those horses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let me pull them up. That, that has been one of the... <laughs> that's my the... primary interest yep. in Honestly, this horse Sam. game. The, the Listeners ho- may remember we've talked a little bit about silly horse names. I, I, I don't know if I showed this on, or talked about this on the show, but Ellen showed pe- showed us pictures because, you know, she's showing us these fancy horse game uh-huh. names. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game looks... It bothers me how much that game looks so much like that horse racing game I was working on. They yeah. did a PC. There's a PC version, a desktop version. I don't know if that makes a difference. Uh, no. Okay. It doesn't. Well, our our game was supposed to be a mobile game. Oh, so. okay. All right. Well, this is a mobile game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just freaks me out. <laughs> it's all. It's so, <laughs> Every time you show the screen, I was like, oh, did I work? Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> Anyways. Um. Okay. Let's get so some names. Some some good horse names. Yep. I don't know how they're generated, but they're all fantastic. It does feel like it's you picking from two lists, but <laughs> it's not. It's just random horse names. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's super, and you can change the horse names, right? So like, it does, you're not stuck with things like. Vertigo Bassoon. That's my favorite one. <laughs> There's some really good ones. Um, Jaunty Haggis is oh, a really good one. Uh huh. Clever. Um, Anger Anagram. See, sometimes I wonder if someone didn't pick some of these because yeah. Anger Anagram is just too good. Yeah. You know? Um, I think uh, Flotsam Foghorn is also great. There might be some waiting towards alliteration and whatever algorithms they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. Did you bassoon charisma? Like bassoons, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, colossal that, cat. Colossal cat. Bassoon charisma. That one pretty good. That's a yeah. little. That's the a bit cat? of a thinker. I'm like, yeah. bassoon yeah. charisma. That's you good. You really don't think of the bassoon as a charismatic <laughs> exactly. instrument. Exactly. <laughs> I have heard the bassoon played charismatically. I would say, ironically, when I hear that name, I think it's the bassist in a ska band is named that. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's part of why that name is so great. You don't <laughs> have woodwinds so in Scavia. I know you don't, but it, that's what that guy's name is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. All right, yeah, for sure. Lord of the Space. <laughs> Pretty good. Lord of the Space. Lord of um, the Space. Hamster format. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, there are three more that I three more that I want to mention. We're, um, we're cutting this and putting it at the end of the show, right? Yeah, <laughs> some of it. <laughs> Shadow Wax was pretty good. Oh, that's pretty kind good. Kind of that like works. Shadow Facts, uh-huh. right? Yeah, like, I was like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> someone had to have picked that, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> flatulent, fra- flatulent Fragment. I don't know how... <laughs> I mean, it's all kinds of humor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my personal favorite, Stone Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Worth two stone. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough horse. Stone yeah. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.